Welcome to the New Life Youth Podcast, a ministry of New Life Church in Poland, Ohio. You can follow along with our message in the YouVersion Bible app. Simply text Y-T-H-N-O-T-E-S to the number 330-325-4433 and you'll receive the notes in the YouVersion Bible app to follow along with the sermon. Let's go ahead and join our sermon in progress. First John chapter 4. Now, this month uh, that you'll see on the screen behind me, the whole church, Pastor Dave's doing a series, uh, Pastor Lincoln's doing a series. Uh, so the church-wide, we're doing relationship fitness. That's kind of the overall theme. So you'll see that little logo around the church and, and on some of the social media posts uh, for the church and for young adults and, and uh, even for us. That's the big one, but the world's here. Uh, okay, um, but uh, so that's the theme. But our series for February, our title is actually "What Is Love." Okay, so we we're, we're kind of building a foundation in here. Okay, we're not because Pastor Dave's talking about marriage with the adults doesn't apply here yet. You know, and, and Pastor Lake's going to talk more about relations and, and romantic relationships and. Um, you know, we're, we're going to touch on that. We're going to talk about that and steer you in the right direction. But, um, you know, we want to build a good foundation of what love is. Why do the lights keep going? Haywire here. What's going on? Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I'm, I feel like I'm in the strobe lights. Are you doing a robot? <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, so last week we talked about uh, the, the supremacy of God, right? We talked about now what? And we had the supremacy of God. And we talked about how God interacted with Job at the end of his trial, right? Brace yourself like a man. Where were you when I formed the earth? Where were you when I told the sea how far it could go? All those things. We got into really trying to, to, to lay the groundwork of who God and, and just how God, like God, really is, right? Um, the, the, the most, we can't even fathom or, or get our heads around just how awesome God is. Um, he sets the framework for everything, not just creation, but he sets the framework for behavior, for, for life, for uh, just, just literally everything, our emotions, what real happiness is, what joy is, what sadness is, what, what, uh, just, and what evil is and what good is. God sets the framework for literally everything, not just the boundaries of the sea and the height of the mountains. And, and the, we talked about the acceleration of gravity, right? Anybody remember what the acceleration of gravity is? Any physics folks? What? 9.81 something. 9.8 meters per second squared. Yes, you are correct. I was a physics nerd and I'm still a nerd. Sorry. Um, but, you know, who would think of making it just that so it holds the earth together, holds us on here without crushing us or letting us float away, right? Um, so uh, God sets the framework for everything. Now, that requires us, and, and he, he cautions all throughout the Bible, he requires and, and, and cautions his people to stay within the bounds of this framework here. You know, we have the Ten Commandments, you know, there's 613 laws in the Old Testament, um, you know, civil laws for Israel, and ceremonial laws and all that sort of thing uh, that all pointed to Jesus. But God sets this framework, this box, this shelter, right? And if we stay in that shelter, there's actually real freedom and joy and happiness in doing that, right? If we get outside of that shelter, disaster can happen. I'm going to play a clip for you. And uh, this is from a movie. Let me set it up before you hit it, Jacob. This is from a movie called Where the Heart Is. It's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's in there. It's the video clip. 
Uh, it's right, it should be, yeah, not yet, no, go back to the, there we go, okay, not yet. So it's from a movie called Where the Heart Is, um, it's from like 2000, so who was born by that 2000 or later? Right? You guys are all born after 2000, right? Because my boys are 20 and they are, they, they were born in 2000. Um, so, but it's, it's actually a really good movie, it's not necessarily a romantic comedy, um, it's this epic journey of, the, of, a, of, a, of a story of this young lady, played by Natalie Portman, who was Queen Amidala in Star Wars, okay? Um, yes, Star Wars, I'm a fan. For the new people, I'm really a fan. What an angel. She uh, Okay, all right. I just noticed she's gone. All right, so anyway, um, Star Wars fans for you new people. But anyway, she played Queen Amidala. She's been in a lot of different things. Uh, she was, she's Jane Foster in the Thor movies, right? You might know her as that. That lady, it's a really, really awesome picture. Uh, really, really awesome movie. Um, and uh, I, I like it, um, which is weird uh, for, for a guy. But it, it's, not, it's not like your standard Hallmark movie or rom-com. There's, there's tragedy and there's trials and there's, there are things uh, that happen in this uh, young lady's life and she really gets blessed uh, at different times throughout as well. So anyway, uh, this clip uh, that, that takes place in, in the Midwest in Oklahoma, which has a lot of tornadoes. And so this clip is um, a clip of a tornado that came through uh, that really, after the, the after effects of the tornado, she actually, uh, this was one of the blessings in her life. But if we don't stay, I, I want you to understand the, the, the catastrophe that can happen if we don't stay inside the shelter and the framework of God, of Christ and his word. So, go ahead and play the clip. You can turn it up. She's coming. So they're in the shelter. That's her daughter. My husband's making a house somewhere on Commerce Street. Hi, Lucas. Do you want to play cards?
So, so God built this framework in Genesis chapter 1. Adam and Eve had, we talked about this before a few months back, Adam and, Adam and Eve actually had three do's, and only one no. Right? Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. Don't eat from these trees. Right? We think of laws and, and God's rules as a bunch of don'ts. Right? But really, God has a bunch of do's, and he created this framework for us to actually do the do's. Right? Love Mountain Dew, everybody Mountain Dew fan? Right? They have, a, they have a slogan called Do the Do, right? So God sets up this framework, and if we, if we work outside of that framework, the outside of that shelter, that would be the tragic eternity of, of dying and not living this life for God and inside the bounds of his framework. So it's important that we have a right definition of love, that we have a godly definition of God's definition of love. Okay, so if you have your paper Bibles, uh, we're going to start with 1 John chapter 4, if you're not already there. 1 John chapter 4. And uh, I'm going to put my handy dandy Dollar Tree readers on so I can actually read this with you guys. If you're there, say amen. Amen. If you're not there, say oh my. Okay, everybody's there. Here we go. We're going to start in verse 7. Okay? 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Can you bow your head for prayer, please? Father God, as we embark on, on who you are and your definition of love and how it applies to our lives and, and how you work in us and for us, and I just pray that our hearts and our minds would be open in this time and that we would focus and, and really engage and uh, dig in to, to your word and what you have to say for us. Give me the right words to say and um, just help me to communicate the things you put on my heart here uh, this week. Uh, these last, actually these last ones. In Jesus' name, amen. So point number one. Love is defined by God. Love is defined by God. Okay? Now, in our, in our verse, uh, at the end of verse 8, it says God is love. Okay? Now, that is not an equivalent, that is not an, an equal statement, okay? It's not God is love, love is God, right? Uh, A.W. Tozer, he writes, if literally, God, he's arguing against the fact that love is God here. If literally God is love, then literally love is God. And we would be duty bound to worship love as the only God there is. That's A.W. Tozer's quote. So when, the, when, when because it's, it says it a couple times in this passage, we're going to be working through in, in this one. Um, God, it, it does not equal love, but love is an attribute of God. And because God is eternal, his love is equally eternal, just like his holiness, just like his justice, his righteousness, and his other attributes. Love is an attribute of God, okay? Um, I said last week, God is for God, right? Ultimately, 
everything that happens is for God's glory. Okay? So God loves God. Now that might seem selfish and condescending to, or you know, conceited uh, to us because of our, our human reasoning and the way we, we think, right? But everything is orchestrated to glorify God. And here's how that works. The Father loved the Son, right? And Jesus said, I point the way to the Father. The Son loves the Father. The Holy Spirit points to Jesus, who loves the Father. And the Holy Spirit also prays and, and honors God the Father. So we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God, the Trinity, three people in one. They exist in love as an attribute, but because they, they, they're, they, they point to one another and they, they work together in, in, in our lives and, and, and for themselves, okay? So God loves God. And, and therefore, God, God defines love and, and has set the framework. And we're going to talk about part of that framework tonight uh, before we proceed uh, with, with some of the other ones in, in the coming weeks. Okay? So point number one, love is defined by God. In verse 8, okay? God is love. Okay? Point number two, love is God-focused. I mentioned that. God is for God. God loves God. Love is God-focused. Love is God-focused. So, uh, look at verse 9. Okay? God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. Right? So our salvation still points to God. We aren't saved unless we believe in Jesus. We aren't we aren't part of God's family unless we are in Christ. And it's God who sent Jesus. Right? So love is from God. And it's God-focused. Love is God-focused. Our, our life, our eternal life, everything we have is through Him. Okay? Uh, if we operate within His framework, in the, in the tornado shelter of, of God's love. Um, there's a quote by Jonathan Lehman, who's, who's uh, an author I read, a uh, theologian, and uh, he's still alive. Tozer's dead. But uh, Jonathan Lehman, he's kind of a, he's younger than I am. But he writes, Biblical love creates a far, far bigger universe. It has forward motion. It is generative. And it's fruitful. So going back to Genesis 1, right? Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it. Right? We have God's charge was for us, for Adam and Eve, to multiply. To be fruitful, right? So in love, if we operate in love, we are bearing fruit, right? We are producing other Christians. We are sharing God's love with others. We're sharing the, the Jesus and, and leading people to Jesus if we truly love God, right? So uh, again, it's forward motion. We're always progressing. We're always striving toward God. We're, we're leaning toward God. Uh, it's generative, that just means it, it, it's life-giving, right? Someone who's not a Christian, they are dead in their sins. We lead them to Jesus, Jesus forgives them of their sins, they repent, boom, they're a new creation, new life, right? Dead things can't seek God. The Bible says no one seeks God. There is none righteous, not one, and no one seeks God because we're dead. We're not drowning, we're already drowned, right? It's God who comes and rescues us. And it's, it's us as Christians 
who reach out and, and, and spend time, and we're going to talk more about that next week, but, but we invest in relationships with people who don't love Jesus, and we influence them and, and lead them and bring them to Jesus, the, the, the resurrector, the, the life giver. And love is generative. It brings life. It's fruitful. So, number one, love is defined by God. Number two, love is God-focused. Okay. Number three, love does not elevate us. Okay. It doesn't make us better than someone else. Okay. God's love rescued us and saved us. But as Christians, we're not better than those who are not saved. We just have a different destination. We are awakened to the truth. And if we're being fruitful and loving, we're going to pray for and invest in and, and share Jesus and try and bring others to Jesus so they have the same destination as us. It's not about making our life better. It's not about being healthier and wealthier and, and running aisles and getting goosebumps. No, it, it's about our eternal life as opposed to eternal death. It's bringing people into that storm shelter, into that framework of God, so they're not out in that tornado, headed to hell and destruction. Love ultimately lifts God up. We are recipients of the fruit of his love. Again, he sent Jesus, right? Uh, John 13, 31 and 32. If you can quickly go there, cool. I'm going to go there and uh, read it to you. If you can't quickly go there, just focus on my voice and listen to me. John 13, 31 and 32. I hear a couple of pages going, so I'm giving you a minute. So this is at the Last Supper, John 13, 31 through 32. As soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, The time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory, and God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will give his own glory to the Son, and he will do so at once. Again, if it, love does not elevate us, it elevates God. We're not better because our salvation comes from God. God gave us his Son. God gave us the measure of faith to believe his Son. Right? So it's, it, it's, it's still God-focused. You're not great because you got saved. It is great that you got saved, but you're not great because you got saved. God is great because you got saved, right? Am I tracking? You guys catching that? The difference? It's subtle. It's a little different, but it's it's the truth of the word here. It's the truth of the Bible. Um, Isaiah forty-two eight, right? In the middle of your pretty much in the middle of your Bible. Isaiah is a cool book. I could do a quick intro on Isaiah to maybe pique your interest here, but it's off. It's a rabbit hole, so I won't go there. Isaiah 42, verse 8. Isaiah 42, verse 8. This is God speaking. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else, nor share my praise with carved idols. God doesn't share his glory. So... No matter who's preaching or teaching and who leads you to Christ, it's still God, right? It's not that amazing preacher. It's not even you that led someone else to Christ, right? You're not great because you led someone to Christ. God's great because he operated through you to lead them to Christ, okay? God won't share his glory with anyone. So our hearts 
and our minds need to need to understand that our gifts and our abilities and our uh, our opportunities that we have to, to show God's love, those things are still things that God or orchestrates, that God has set ahead of time, even before he said, let there be light. Um, we've talked about that as well uh, in a previous sermon. So, love ultimately lifts God up. We are recipients of the fruit of his love. And because he is the source, and, and he loved us, then we who believe in Jesus, we love him. So that's, that's in, in verse, uh, verse 10. Okay, I'll reread verse 10 here in 1 John chapter 4. This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Okay. Which leads me to my last point. Point number four. Love takes away sin. Love does not condone sin. Love does not let people stay in sin and say it's okay. touch on what those are later, right? We're going to deal with the alphabet people, don't worry. But um, love does not, it takes away sin. God is holy, right? If you don't think God hates sin, think of the brutality and, and the torture that Jesus suffered on the cross. Because the Bible says, he became sin who knew no sin. He was beaten. He was whipped beyond being recognized as a man. That's how, that's how awful it looked. God hates sin, but in his love, he came and he rescued us. He gave us a, a rescue plan from sin. Okay? So love takes away sin. And if it takes away sin, right? like I said, it doesn't allow sin to continue. So when you believe in Jesus, you turn away and you start living that new life. If you aren't continuing, if you haven't started a new life and turned away from what you were doing before Jesus, you probably didn't really have an encounter with Jesus yet. Okay. Um, there's a new heart and a new mind, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. And the other thing uh, under this, love takes away sin. Love fights for another's well-being. Love fights for another's well-being. So, because it takes away sin, we love people enough to want to rescue them, to help them get rescued from their sin, from where they're going. That, that dark-haired lady holding on to, to Nobly's wrist to keep her from that, right? That was love. The tornado is sucking her out, right? Nobly catching her daughter Americus, right? And holding on, got that little Superman pose thing. That was love. Keeping them in the shelter. And sometimes, that's what it's like, what it needs to be like for us, with our friends or our, our, our family. we got to hold on to them so tightly. We need to love them enough to keep them and pull them away from, from sin and danger. Okay? It's not about being judgmental. It's about loving them and caring enough for their eternal soul to hold them from that. There's an analogy, a story about... Uh, a little three-year-old boy who darts out of his front door and he's head, he's just running in the yard, running through the yard, heading for a busy street, and there's a semi-truck coming, right? And the father runs out of the house after the little boy, and because the kid's only three, the father catches up to him, grabs his arm and yanks him and pulls his arm out of the socket. But he saves him from the oncoming truck. 
right? That's, sometimes that's, that's how love is. Sometimes we're, we need to get yanked, or we, need, we might need to yank someone, right? It's gonna hurt them, but eternally it's gonna save them, right? Who's ever been spanked by their parents? Do parents do that anymore? Okay, right? Who's ever been, who's ever been grounded, right? Okay, that's kind of that yank. It sucks, right? Being grounded sucks, can I say that? Being grounded sucks. Um, it's just, it's no fun, right? I was an only child, so when I got grounded, man, there, there was nothing. I didn't have brothers and sisters even to pick on, right? I was home alone, that was it. Just Macaulay Culkin, that thing, right? Yeah. So, the, um, so sometimes because we love others and because God loves us, he'll jerk us away and it'll hurt. He might pull us away from someone or a situation or, or pull us out of something and they'll be mad at us. But ultimately, there's, a, there's, a, there's love behind that, right? Love isn't all about who we can be. Oh, man, in your eyes, that's, you know, that's, that's an emotion. That's not love. Okay, but love has has some violent aspects to it. Um, and, and if you don't believe me, read the Bible. Okay. All right. So I want to read this little summary here, and then we'll get into the so what. Oh, yeah, that's right. We have the slide for it. There it is. It's awful wordy. If you're writing, go ahead and write. I'll leave the slide up for a little bit. Um, if you're typing, you can type it in the notes in the Bible app. The way we love must be in line with God's design and definition. He is more than just love. He is holy. God is just. God is righteous. God is truth. God is grace. God is omnipresent, which means everywhere at the same time. God is eternal. He didn't have a start date. Okay? He, he existed long before there was even matter. He just was, right? And he is, and he always will be. God is eternal. God is supreme. We talked about that last week, right? There's nothing higher than God. He will share. We just read He will share His glory with nothing else, no one else, right? It's His glory alone because He set it all in motion, right? God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He created the atom. He created the, every single molecule, spoke it into being, right? And God is omniscient. He's all wise. He's all knowing. All knowledge that we, our, our little finite human minds that we use about 10 to 12 percent of, that we discover and that, that, that mankind has discovered over the last, I don't know, five, six thousand years, all those things, that's, that's not even a part of the, of the knowledge that God has because God created gravity. God created the sunrise and the sunset. God created nuclear fusion and vision and all of these other things that we're experimenting with. He created the process that coal can be crushed and heated up and become a diamond. God created the process that coal can be harvested and yielded and lit on fire to heat homes and to power electricity. God created the process by which hydro, the, 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 dam, the dam down the street here, that little reservoir, when they come over and it generates electricity through water. All that process was already created by God. We just figured out way to harvest that, right? God created every single thing that we're discovering and still discovering. There's an eternal number of stars and, and planets out there that God hurled into space. God made that. We can't, we can't even count them. 
in eighth grade, my, uh, my earth science teacher, the first day of class, first day of class, um, he, he said, if you can write the numbers from one to a million in one week and bring it back here one week from today, you'll have an A for the course and you never have to do any work this whole year. Oh, goodness, how many? We calculated it, and if you could even write 998,922, right, in under a second, you still would only get to like 400 and some thousand just writing it. In a week? In a week. That is, and that's no sleep, no eating, no potty breaks, nothing. You just worked 24-7 straight, right? We, we, we calculated that, however many seconds there are in, in a week, we, you know. And, uh, and of course, no one can write that fast when you get into those six-digit numbers, right? So that's just a million. Right? Eternity is bigger than a million, a billion, trillion, quadrillion, quintillion, septillion, octillion, all, you know, all these zeros that could fill this room, all those numbers, that's still not eternity. God holds it all in there. That's who we're dealing with, and that's who loves us. That's the coolest part. That being loves you enough to, to, to come and to die for you. Why he decided to do it here on this planet with us, I don't know, but he's God, he gets to do what he wants, right? And we're not. All right, so everybody say, so what? So what? Remember last week I said I want you to hold me accountable. If I, if I do a sermon without a so what in it, okay, um, then you need to yell at me, okay? So what? That's really cool, Pastor Scott. God's eternal, he holds it all together, he defines love. We had the tornado shelter thing and, and from that movie and she caught the baby and they're holding on for dear life out of love and, and God defines and sets it all and he's, he's an amazing eternal God that I can't get my mind around so much. All right, number one, we need God's forgiveness. Otherwise, we're in the tornado, dead. Gone, kaput. Now, after that tornado, uh, the, the next scene in the movie, that it went dark, you saw the shutters go down on the shelter, right? Everything went dark, and then the next scene, it's sunny and calm the next day, they climb out of there, and that trailer you saw, the trees, the bushes, gone. It looked like a desert. The tornado wiped it all clean. It wasn't even like a pile of stuff, it was just gone, flat, right? Um, and the lady that they were waiting for, their name was Sister, um, the names in that movie crack me up. That's part of why I like it. Anyway, um, the, the, the lady obviously didn't make it in the shelter. She was gone, uh, but in her will, um, she left nobly all her, her life insurance and all that and uh, pretty much set up nobly for, for life. Um, here, this lady who had lived in that, that pink, crappy trailer, right? had all this money saved up and all these things and she just gave it, gave it to that lady, uh, gave it to Noble the lady hanging onto the rail being held onto. Um, but we need God's forgiveness so we aren't wiped out. What does that look like? What does that look like? Think about that for a second. I talked about it when Jesus on the cross, the brutality. God sees the sin in our life, and he hates it. He wiped it. He sent Jesus as a plane to wipe it out. 
and he loved you so much that he did it. God himself put on the flesh, came and did that. That's how much God loves us, and we need his forgiveness to have eternal life and to be in Christ and to be in that tornado shelter. We need God's forgiveness. Number two of the soapbox. If we have been loved, okay? If we have been loved, so we have God's forgiveness now. If we have been loved, we will put God above everything else. We'll put him above everything else. We should have that slide, Jacob. Yes, if we have been loved by God, we will put him above everything else. The first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Everything. More than Netflix, more than TikTok, more than anything, right? You love God more than anything. Is the first thing you think about and the last thing you think about before you go to bed and when you wake up, right? Is anybody in that spot? Me neither, right? Some days, yeah, I'm getting better. There are more days that he is than that he isn't. But we're all in the, it's a process, it's a journey. So make it a habit when you wake up Acknowledge God. Just start with that. It's not like you got to open your Bible to whatever and start reading right when you wake up. Just, you know, hit the alarm and, and thank God that you have a phone and electricity, which is more than 80% of the planet, right? Acknowledge God right when you wake up. Just something that little simple, right? Because it's from Him anyway. He gets the glory, right? And be thankful you, you woke up, <laughs> actually. There's that. So, number one, we need God's forgiveness. Number two, we have been loved. If we have been loved by God, we will put Him above everything else. And number three, if we have been loved by God, we will love one another. And we're going to unpack this one. Jacob, there we go. We're going to unpack this one next week. Okay. If we have been loved by God, we will love one another. What does that look like? going to talk about loving our unsaved friends and loving each other over here, our, our family of Christ, our family of God, okay? If we have been loved by God, our hearts and our minds will, will change and we will start to think about others' well-being above our own. We will love one another. Thanks for joining us. Please be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. It helps us to be able to share God's message with more people. Join us each week for new messages from our New Life Youth Services. And for more content and info, you can follow us on Instagram at newlifepolandoh, Facebook, or go to our website, newlifepoland.com forward slash ministries forward slash YTH and get more information on events and service times. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great week.